Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Peter Eklund, and on today's show, I bring in a family member to talk with me about the latest movie to hit Disney+. Plus. This one's a big one, highly anticipated, Pixar's Soul. Um, very excited to talk about this movie. I can't wait to get into it with the conversation with Ben, who's here. Ben, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now, um, Ben and I were not family about six months ago, um, but we are both new additions to the Sador clan. Um, so, yeah, it's been actually really cool getting to know you and your wife, obviously. Okay, let, let's like put this together a little bit more. I married Jess, who is sister's with Amanda, who is now married to Ben. So mm -hmm. we are actually upstairs in the Sador house mm -hmm. as all the ladies are downstairs and us men went upstairs to record and drink wine and and other beverages to um, talk about this movie. Yep. yep. So, so Ben, why don't you tell everybody a, a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, I guess I could start with how I met Amanda. There you um, go. I uh, was in medical school. I was in my third year of medical school doing a rotation at a small community hospital um, where she was working. And we just kind of met over a you know, mutual patient. And um, her coworkers kind of encouraged her to um, seek me out. And she kind of made the first move. And um, since then, just everything has been incredible. Um, now we've been married for um, just over six months. It was June 7th. Um, 2020 was when we got married, a COVID wedding. So it was a little bit stressful, but we're able to have our, all our families there and close friends. Um, yeah, so I work now in a hospital in Syracuse as a family medicine doctor. I'm in my residency training. So working long hours, um, taking care of some sick people, but getting to learn a lot and getting some good training in. Um, and uh, Amanda, my wife and I are between um, either staying out in Syracuse or moving back towards Rochester when I'm all done. Mm -hmm. um, and settle in either, you know, one of those two places. So we'll see what the year brings. I've got like a year and a half more training. So that's cool. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I, I don't know if it's COVID, but it like your guys' wedding seems years ago. Yeah. You know, but I think there's just so much time since June and we've been in COVID season for so long. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait, when did that happen? Wasn't that last year? I'm like, no, that was only six months ago. It's wild. Right. Right. Yep. Totally crazy. Things have changed so much. And it's quick. It's, it's wild to me how fast things have become normal now. Mm. Like for the first three or four months when it's like, Oh, I got to wear a mask when I go into Wegmans, but now it's like second nature. Right. Yeah. What I, what I used to say, like a year ago when you would go to Walmart and you would see somebody wearing a mask, you'd be like, okay, weirdo, mm -hmm. you know? And now <laughs> it's like, yep. you see somebody who's not wearing a mask and you're like, that jerk. You know? yep. <laughs> it's like such a weird change of yep. just culture. Mm -hmm. You know, it's wild. It's crazy. Um, I was thinking about, and I think I mentioned this either tonight or last night when we were hanging out, that it was a year ago, roughly, where you and I went to go see the Rise of Skywalker together in theaters. Yes. Yep, we did. And I was just like, that was cool. That was a cool little experience because I, I don't think either Jess or Amanda wanted to go or whatever. And I think we went with your dad. Is that right? Yep. So yeah. we just kind of, yeah, it was it was fun. I was like, it's a cool opportunity to get to know Ben a little bit more and yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, man, it's been, it's been good. I mean, 
going with you guys was good. Rise of Skywalker was not as good. Right. But yeah, it was it was fun. Yep. It was fun. But the mutual love of all things Disney and Star Wars and Marvel and all that has been been fun to expand on as we've been yeah. a part of the family. Yeah, absolutely. And always watching movies together while we're here. It's usually tends to be a thing that we do together while we're here at the Sador house and mm-hmm. in Ontario, New York. So yep. it's been fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what we're going to actually do, we're going to talk about the latest movie soul. Also at the end, we're going to talk, I, I, I've talked about it a couple times in recent episodes. I've referred to the, the Disney's investor meeting, which was a four hour video that they had online, just talking about all kinds of announcements regarding Disney and primarily to do with streaming and movies, whether they're going to be online or whether they're going to be in theaters, but not only Disney, but also Hulu and ESPN and national geographic, all their subsidiaries, um, including like FX and just a lot of different stuff. So it was cool to see all those things. And what we're going to do later on at the tail end of the podcast, after we're done talking about the movie, we're going to break down a lot of those announcements. Um, we've talked about it quite a bit regarding Star Wars stuff in the last few weeks as we've um, talked about Mandalorian in every episode. I tried to get Ben on for a Mandalorian talk earlier um, this past month because he his love for Star Wars, and I thought, it'd be, oh, it would be so cool to get you on. But your work kind of kept you from us yeah. being able to have that conversation. So actually, let's do this. Guys, I don't know your if you're. I don't know if you're sick of talking about Star Wars, but I just want to give Ben a little bit of an opportunity. Ben, what have, what have you thought about Mandalorian this season? I have loved it. Um, I've always said like the last um, probably like three or four episodes. I've been watching it with my wife. I've been watching it with Amanda. Um, and the last three or four episodes, I've said to her like, if you told me when I was like ten years old or eleven years old, there would be a series when I'm 27 that has Boba Fett coming back. That has you know, Luke coming back, I would have just lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been incredible. The storytelling, the character development, the, um, the you know, new races and, mm-hmm. and, and aliens and people they've introduced. I've just, all of it has been wonderful. Um, yeah. And what I've said a, a lot about the second season, like I said to you earlier, was um, that I feel that that has, it's been a lot of fan service. It's been mm-hmm. a lot of neat Easter eggs. It's been a lot of neat, like, just, you know, when they show Boba Fett's armor in the first episode, just blown away. Um, and, like, the whole thing with the crate Dragon. And it's neat how many incredible YouTube videos are out there and different um, uh, creators that, that break things down. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one maybe a week or two after the first episode of season two came out, I watched it and they broke down how when they remade, I think a new hope into like the Blu-ray edition. Okay. And when Obi-Wan shows up initially, oh, the there's the crate dragon sound and they use that like similar, basically yeah. that same sound in the crate dragon for episode one of season two. Um, just little things like that. I think they really pay attention to all of the already star Wars kind of lore that's out there mm-hmm. in the movies and, even taking like the smallest thing, and I think that's really interesting where even things that are less exciting, like people don't necessarily look at the prequels in the most, in the, in the greatest light, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they, they even take things you're like, Oh my gosh, did you see the pod racer engine? Yep, yep. Like stuff like that. And you're yep. just like, Oh, that you took something from a movie that I didn't necessarily care for 
and you somehow reformatted it for me to be excited about seeing it on the screen. And I think that's just goes to show the love that, that Favreau and Filoni have when it comes to star Wars. Right. You know, um, question. So this past Friday, we did not only get soul dropped on Disney plus, but we also had um, a new episode of gallery, the Mandalorian, like the making, and it was all Mm -hmm. focused on season two. Did you watch that? No, I haven't yet. They did a whole sequence on the crate dragon and the design and how that worked. And, you know, it was, it was really cool. You should definitely check it out and listeners check it out. If you can see the, gallery the mandalorian which was um man it it came out last spring and it just kind of covered the making of the first season and different kind of episodes but then they they dropped like an hour-long episode of this breaking down this season and the and everything that they did in making this this second season um it was great it was really cool to watch and so if you're a fan of the show check that out if you're interested in the makings of said shows one other thing i'll say too um like you brought up the pod racer engine um uh, the marshals his little like speeder bike it looked like basically anakin's engine it was missing one of those like little yellow flaps on the front mm-hmm. um but yeah for me like growing up right so you know born in 1993 um phantom menace i think came out in 1999 yeah um and so that was like a lot of like i had always seen like my dad would have like empire strikes back or return of the jedi we had him on vhs and they'd be like kind of playing in the background growing up but yeah. i never really sat through an entire you know, movie of, of the, the original trilogy. But then, you know, with, with the Phantom Menace coming out, that really like started to spark my interest in Star Wars. And then with that, it wasn't just the movies. It was the games. Dude, it was the toys, the Legos. So I loved the, the Star Wars, the Phantom Menace video game yep. on the original PlayStation. Yep. I played that. Out that was a great one. And then I think for Xbox, they had Star Wars Obi-Wan. For um, the N64, they had, like, the first pod racing video game. Okay. But then for the PS2, they made one called Star Wars Racers Revenge, which it's, like, Anakin, like, Episode 2, Anakin, and Sebulba, like, after, you know, everything, all the events of Phantom Menace, and it's, like, a rehashing of their, like, rivalry. Um, so when it came to, you know, like, the video games, the toys, like, all of that nostalgia, too, packaged up into, you know, that first episode, seeing that pod racer engine, it just, like, brought back so many great memories. Sure. And I think that was like a, you know, another key aspect in the appeal for me. Well, um, everyone, the, the gift that, that Disney gave to us this past Christmas, just a couple days ago is they, they dropped Pixar's soul, which was meant to come out in theaters. And they said, Hey, here is your Christmas present. You're going to get this movie completely free. It wasn't even the same model that they did Mulan back in August or September, I think it was, where they said you got to pay an additional 30 bucks if you want to watch this movie early. They decided not to go with that that route for this movie, and we were able to watch it free. And I, I thought it was awesome that they did that. You know, it's almost kind of similar to when when the pandemic first started, way back in March, Pixar's Onward just came out in theaters, mm-hmm. and then a couple weeks later, they just dropped it on. Um, Disney Plus for completely free so people can watch and say, hey, you know, here you go. We don't know how long we're going to be in this season for, so watch this movie, enjoy it. It just came out a couple weeks ago, and that's where I first started, you know, actually, that's where I first saw Onward was on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and actually, that was the first episode of the cod- the podcast back in April, so Pixar started off, and then 
here we are, the last podcast that I'm doing for 2020, and we're talking about a Pixar movie again. So mm-hmm. very excited about that. Did you see Onward, by the way? Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, how did you feel? Just quickly, what what did you feel about Onward? Because I loved it. Yeah. No, I thought it was I thought it was great, and it was awesome having what was it Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. right? Um, no, they were great, and uh, I always loved like anything medieval fantasy. Sure. Um, did you ever get into D and D? No, I didn't. Interesting. <clears throat> my brother in law is actually like in the last month or two has been getting really into it. Sure. Um, he's trying to get me to come over and play. But, it's fun. Um, when yeah, my my dungeon master, the guy who does all my my games that I participate in, he mm-hmm. he was on the podcast with me in the, the mm-hmm. first episode as we talked about because he's a huge D and D guy. So yeah. he was the perfect person to come on and launch this podcast with me. And I the reason why I bring on on bring up onward is not just because it's Pixar, but and not just because it was the first episode of my podcast, but also because you know if we're talking about the same year that soul and onward come on you know come out in theaters or come out and for viewers to watch you kind of have to compare and talk about it a little bit because i always think about like which one do i like more comparatively um and so you this is the that is kind of the pixar movie to compare it to Mm. because it's the most recent one that came out so let's talk about let's talk about soul how how did you feel overall about this movie and i think also i think it's, it's worth mentioning this movie is there's a lot about music in it. Yep. And I think you and I both, um, we both participate in, in music with like worship for, at our churches. Or, you know, I, I know you're a guitarist, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you also play drums. Yeah. Drums was my original instrument. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's, I started playing in eighth grade and, and, and I'm, and I'm a, I'm a bass player and I, I played um, jazz and jazz band. I, I played the bass for jazz band. That's where I first, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. um, yeah. So bass and then I played drum. I played djembe. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. So we're both kind of pseudo musicians. Maybe you're a little bit better, more of a musician than I am. But um, yeah, because you know, bass players they don't really count. Oh come on, um, <laughs> the foundation. Bassist and the drummer are the foundation. No one cares about the bass player. I um, do. I do. <laughs> so how how did you feel about the movie? I I enjoyed it. I um I thought that it brought up a lot of like pretty common questions. Um, when it comes to, you know, existence, purpose in life, oh gosh, yeah. you know, reality, you know, what happens when you die, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I thought the like creative approach to how they made, you know, the great before the great beyond, um, the Jerry's, the way they depicted them and all that was really neat. I mean, they're always, they're brilliant. Yeah. The, the animation style, but their creative direction too. Um, and the music aspect, I thought, was was really neat. I mean, I just, I love it. I was actually talking to Amanda, my wife, today about this app I recently got called YouTube Music. I was subscribed to Google Play Music for a long time, and it became YouTube Music. And it does this thing where if you pick an artist or a song, it just, it, you don't change it. You know, it just runs with it and basically uses an algorithm to pick, similar to, like, the way the YouTube, I'm, I'm sure, videos work. But it basically says, like, okay, you pick this artist in this genre. We're going to play more stuff like that. Hmm. And I've been discovering new bands. That's a lot the of The last fun. couple of weeks, I've been loving it. That kind of reminds me of, like, Pandora early on. Like, yeah. And how their yep. model used to be. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So the music in it um, really is what caught my attention. Because I grew up um, listening to a lot of classic rock. Okay. From my dad. You know, Rush, Genesis, Boston. Sure. Um, Journey. And then... When I got into drumming, it was a lot more like funk and jazz style okay. drumming. Um, and I took lessons for like a couple years on drum set and snare drum. And then um, 
Got more into like went through a little heavy metal phase, of double course. bass drum, maybe a little emo, yep. a little screamo. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And played with a group in Rochester for a little while, and then uh, I kind of went back into that like you know funk, jazz drumming, um, kind of thing. And so that part of the movie when he's you know playing um, uh, with the uh, uh, the quartet and he's in a little um, bit of improv, exactly when he's like doing the audition kind of thing, but also um, the music that comes in when he's in the you know great before that like more like it's it was neat to me one thing that i focused on a lot in the movie even though there was this like big question of like what is life all about what is the purpose of living what is my you know role in humanity um i was so like i was kept saying to amanda like it's so neat how when he's like in the real world it's like playing this like freeform jazz and very flowy like improvisational music but then when he's in this you know um spiritual realm it's this very like uh, synthesized, like straightforward, almost like mathematical, um, techno-y kind of music. But I really like that too. Yeah. Um, that appealed to me a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, I, <clears throat> that's so similarly, I was, I like jazz, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I played, I actually got involved in the jazz band because my friends wanted to start a garage band. Mm-hmm. And so we, we started, we were, we were really into punk music. Nice. In the the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, And then we kind of did a little pop punk stuff here as well. And Mm. we got kind of distracted by that. We don't listen to that as much anymore. Um, But that really led the way for me to kind of get into jazz and and to play for jazz band and then jazz choir as well for like all county and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I still, I still love jazz. I mean, Pop on some Thelonious Monk, you know, obviously some Miles Davis. Do you like Buddy Rich at all as oh, being a drummer? Of course. I mean, best drummer who's Gene ever Fimpa. lived. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. So great stuff. And so there was there's a part of the me for this movie that I just watched and I just loved it. And one thing I thought was really cool about this, and it's similar when I think about um Coco. I don't know if you remember that from Pixar a couple of years ago. I've never seen it. Oh, dude, okay. So one thing I just love about Pixar is their detail. Mm-hmm. and they always kind of just they come out with even more and what i every single time they come out with a new movie they just they up the stakes more and more and with this movie and also with coco they sync up to the chords that they're playing and the notes that they're playing on the guitar or on the piano as mm-hmm. the main character is playing the you know it, it just it's not like how sometimes you watch something and you can just see the guy's He's like, yeah, this sounds really good, but you know he's not playing. Mm-hmm. It, it just it brings you further into the movie, and that's where even listeners, my friend Tyler and I, we talked about when we when we've talked about Coco in the past. We've talked about how you know him as a guitarist, he'll watch the main character Miguel as he's playing, and it's, and it just it lines up perfectly with the animation to the music. Mm-hmm. And such a, like an extra mile that they went as creators right. within the filmmaking. And I thought, and that's so superb, and you see that even within this movie as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I, um, this is actually, it's directed by Pete doctor and written as well. Um, it's also um, directed by Kemp powers, who is, uh, um, he hasn't done much as far as directing and writing goes, but he is, he, he really brought a lot of cultural things to the movie too. being a black man um, living in New York. And you, there's some really important things to be done even there where, you know, it's, it's you're you're getting actually the first um, non-white character to be a lead character within a, a Disney film. 
or a Pixar film. Um, I mean, is Woody and Buzz, are they white? I mean, they're toys, you know what I mean? Or whatever. <laughs> it's kind of hard to say, or Flint from Bugs Life or whatever. But, you know, he is a predominantly, he's a black man living in New York City who's a struggling musician, who's a band teacher. And um, it's really cool to see see that be a, a choice to make, especially in talking about jazz music and and the culture around that. And I, I, I really appreciated that aspect of this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm going to be interested to talk to my other friend who has spent a lot of time in the music scene down in New York City to see like how much of this movie is, is really what it looks like and feels as you're mm-hmm. walking around Harlem or walking around the Upper East Side or wherever, you right. know, you might be. So, yeah. or Chelsea or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what did what did you think? He was um the main character was played by Jamie Foxx. What did you think of his his performance? Oh yeah, I thought I thought he did a great job. I uh yeah, I uh I don't really have much else to say other than that. Um I I'm not like I know I haven't even seen it, but there was like a I think a Ray Charles kind of not oh, yeah. like, uh, looking at like the life of Ray Charles and depicted by Jamie Foxx. Yeah, like, that was from a few years back. Yeah. Um, I know he was in like a couple of the Quentin Tarantino films. Okay, like Django Unchained. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 And um, he was in that more recent Robin Hood remake with like uh, oh, yeah. Taron Egerton. Yeah, like, yeah wasn't that great? That. So of, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. I'm not super familiar, you know, um, like with a lot of other stuff that he's been in, but I, I thought it was, I feel like I keep saying the same thing. It was great, but it was. He, yeah. He did a great, great job. Yeah, and so, like, part of his struggle and part of his story is that, you know, he's looking for his big break. He loves yeah. music. He loves jazz music. And you have that scene, like, the first scene, he's teaching a junior high jazz mm-hmm. band or just mm-hmm. a regular band. And you can see just how lazily they are, yeah. how much they don't care, apart from the one trombone player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, he he has this appreciation, this love. And and you, you feel bad because, you know, he just kind of has been missing his big break and mm-hmm. he's just looking for opportunity after, you know, being denied, after being denied, after being denied. And, you you know, you see even that struggle with him and his his mom as, you know, she's kind of like, hey, you know, when are you going to get your life together? Your ship is not coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to do something, you know, with your life in a sense. And, right. and his struggle even there for, you know, like you just – trying to get a family member to understand your passion and your heart and your excitement for something mm-hmm. when they're not on board. I mean, this movie, and this is always Pixar and how they do things is you want to have a movie that's actually made for adults about existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Here you go. This is the, this is the film company for you, Pixar, because yep. it's going to make you reevaluate your life and it's going to make you, you know, wrestle with things and, and combat things that you didn't necessarily knew needed to be combat, like combated. And, and, and here's Pixar going, here's, here's an existential crisis for you adults mm-hmm. that you can watch. That I don't think the kids really appreciate and understand when they watch it. Right. They see fun characters like blue little blobs that yep. can do whatever they want, but mm-hmm. they don't really get to see what's really behind it. And I'm watching, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that hit right. me right here. You right. know, right in my heart. Cause we've been there. Yeah. We've, we've struggled with that. What is my purpose in life? What exactly. am I supposed to do? What is my calling? Um, and I think uh, it was nice, you know, talking with Amanda about it um, from the perspective of a Christian. You know, yeah. What 
as Christians, can we sometimes lose sight of, or what mm-hmm. can we forget when it comes to our purpose as being children of the Lord? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and in another like sense regarding career, um, I mean, the question of, you know, or that, that aspect of my, my life as a doctor, you know, that's, that's my job. Yes. But is it what defines me? Is it it's what not makes who me you are? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, and that's what this movie really goes into tackle. And I think is, and it does it very beautifully. Okay. So we're going to get, we're going to get more into that. Cause you know, we're, we're very early on within this movie. And then what happens is he has this big break mm-hmm. and he has this audition. One of his students kind of hooks, one of his past students hooks him up with this opportunity to play piano with the, the big time jazz saxophonist in New York city and like this underground jazz scene. And, Mm -hmm. and she's, she lets him in. He says, here you go. You can do it. And she gives him the green light. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you remember what her name was? Dorothea. Dorothea. So that's, yeah, yeah. Dorothea. So she is voiced by Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. And she's she's great in this movie too. I, I think she has my favorite moment in the movie, and it's later on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but Angela Bassett, um, she was in Black Panther. She played the mom to T'Challa. Oh, that yeah. That helps yeah. you a little bit. Yep, yep. But then she's also she's done a lot with Spike Lee and a lot of things mm-hmm. there as well. But yeah, she was great in it, and she's who gives him his first break. And then as he's kind of running home, and he's so excited, he falls in a manhole and yep. dies. Yeah. And so the next thing you see is his little, how do you describe it? His, his little soul body, Yeah. you know, which is like this blue little blob thing. It reminded me of the little, there's a game called Little Big Planet. Like yeah. Platformer, yeah. The little um, like beanbag characters. It reminded me of that. Yeah. Like not very descriptive in regards. Like you can see right. that like he has a hat. Like, and his glasses. There's like a glasses. couple of defining features. So yeah. you know he is him. And so he's he is on this escalator, basically, that's mm-hmm. going up to the the great beyond. Yeah. You know, not not very descriptive, not very theological, and that's okay. We don't need it to be theologically correct in any kind of shape or way because it's just a Pixar movie and it's gonna appeal to a lot of people. And he's like, I'm not I'm I just got my big big break. I don't want to die. I don't want this to be over, you know. Right. So he kind of breaks through the the wall there that the non-existent wall and mm-hmm. he and he lands into this the great before yeah which is this great field mm-hmm. that's just like endless and there's so many souls there that are getting ready to go into earth for the first time mm-hmm. and so let's what, what did you think of all that yeah like i said before i thought it was a neat kind of way to depict it um each kind of what was it like personality trait has a little kind of building, you know, Oh, you know, you're going to be adventurous. You five go there and you're going to be insecure. You three go there. You're going to be narcissist and self absorbed. You go that way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, um, uh, I thought they did a good job of kind of, like I said, depicting it and, um, in, in fun ways. Yeah. And in in ways that are simple, but at the same time, like as you see, as the movie goes on, like these are complex, big questions that, especially in all space, yeah. you you only, you have to go small with it because it's what when we are watching it from our perspective, we're allowed to kind of expound upon it and allow it to. What does this mean for my life? Right. You know, similarly, like even how Inside Out works. 
Mm-hmm. You know, which the, the Inside Out was the last Pixar movie that Pete Docter directed before mm-hmm. this one. So yep. you can definitely see the the connective tissue yep. between the two. A lot of similarities. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, leave it to Pixar again to really dive into existential crises. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. as as we wrestle and we struggle and we try to figure out, you know, what is my purpose and what am I supposed to do? And this, the way that this movie depicts it is what is your spark? Mm-hmm. And for these um, lives, these, you know, these souls before they go into earth and they get born and they become a human, you know, and all that, those kinds of things, each of them are prescribed in a sense, maybe the Calvinist, our Calvinist friends would like this <laughs> um, prescribed with a certain kind of spark within them. whether it's ballet or whether it's cooking or whatever it may be. Um, And, you know, obviously for the lead character within this movie, I got to actually say his name because I was going to say Jamie Foxx, unless I look it up, Joe, um, for Joe, his is obviously music. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, which can, you know, I think that's why part of the reason why I love this movie so much is it has so much to do with, with purpose and meaning. And for me, that has a lot of correlations in regards to Christianity and, and my faith and, you know, mm-hmm. which we obviously share that together. Um, but at the same time, also music. Mm-hmm. And so it, it has a lot going for me. And, and as I watch this, that is really just exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gosh, I'm going to, we're going to repeat ourselves because actually the podcast stopped a second ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing this world with the Jerry's and how creative this world is just, is so cool. And one thing that's really creative, that's really interesting about them is that they're, it's all one continuous drawing and, you know, it's like the eyes kind of just loop around, but it's all one continuous line. Mm-hmm. It's not like the, the guy is like, okay, now I'm going to do the hair or whatnot. I'm going to take the pen off the, the page and now let's do the nose, you know, it's like, it's all one continual mm-hmm. uh, line, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. So anyway, anyway, so this is actually also, um, as he's kind of becoming more familiar with this world, we meet the side character to Joe and that is 22, mm-hmm. who is apparently the 22nd soul ever created. Yeah. Um, and it's voiced by Tina Fey. And I think as the movie went on, I fell in love with her character more and more. Mm. I thought it's so interesting because I think you can look around and you can see people who are so scared to start moving in any direction in their lives Mm -hmm. because whether it's failure or even like a fear of success or, you know, I don't want to get my myself in any kind of direction because I don't want to be limited, but, you see them and they're, they're just stinted mm-hmm. or their, their growth is, um, was, is it stinted? It's stunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stunted. That's the word. Um, and I think working a lot of times for me, I work with college students and I see that so often and they're just so scared to go in any direction because they're scared of getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. And so seeing her and how she is, ultimately scared to get life going. She has like the ultimate case of arrested development, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I just found her to be so compelling because there's the contrast where Joe is so sure 
of what his life is about Mm -hmm. and what he needs. And then you have 22 who is very skeptical and unwilling Mm -hmm. and um, struggles to find meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. And I just, I thought their relationship was so interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, what did you, what did you think? Yeah. And she hides it really well though. Right. Because she says, Oh, I've done this before. Oh, I've been through this before. Why don't you just, you're just going to be like all the others. And I really thought those little bits, those little quick flashbacks to her interactions with people like Abraham Lincoln and Copernicus, and Mother, Teresa. Mother Teresa. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I have compassion for everyone other than you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, oh, and is it like they're, they're talking about? Yeah, they put Jackson on the twenty, and he's like Jackson. He freaks out. Yeah, so funny. Um, and even they like we said before, they depict the little soul of the character, but they, they put enough in, in there so that you can tell, Oh, that's so-and-so. Right. You know? Right. Um, that was, that was really well done, but yeah. So she masks it well. And I thought that was, um, you know, like true to what a lot of us do, you know, she was so like you had said, worried about, you know, going forward and doing this thing where she goes to earth and she inhabits a person. And so she masked it with this. Oh, I've, you know, I, 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 you're not going to change me. I'm fine the way I am. This, this- confidence yeah you know it's just like right it's really just insecurity yep so yeah isn't that like so crazy because like we're either one or the other you know i mean we're either joe or we're 22 where we're like we're so unsure and because of that that keeps us from actually making any kind of movement forward mm-hmm. or we're we're so confident and we're so sure that we make this the ultimate thing in our lives mm-hmm and then what ends up happening and we see this with Joe's story later on, which I think is so cool. It doesn't actually satisfy to the extent that we think it will. Right. Which let's gain the whole world, but lose our soul. Yeah. You know? So it's so interesting. So Mm -hmm. cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, I definitely, um, in some ways can relate to that kind of you get to where you've always been wanting to go and what you always thought you wanted to do. And you get there and you're like, this isn't, this isn't ultimate fulfillment. This isn't what brings me peace. This isn't what brings me satisfaction. And so have I, have I, did I get it wrong? Right. Have I gone the completely wrong direction? Um, have I, have I like been just, you know, off this whole time? Um, and so, yeah, Which, we always work in that kind of black and white contrast, right? You know, yep. keep going. Sorry. No, that's okay. I, I didn't want to get too ahead. Cause I know we're t- kind of trying to talk about it in like the temporal, you know, yeah. way in which it progressed. But, um, you know, I thought the way it, I was, I was really happy with the way it, it rounded out and ended initially. I was kind of like, Hmm, I'm not so sure how I feel about it, but I think, I think they wrapped it up nicely. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I definitely can relate to that, you know. Um, hey, I think I made it, but I don't feel like I made it. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, well, again, we'll get we'll get there as well. And I think there's there's a very interesting thing there. I think the first thing that really hit me as as I watched this was in when they were on the ship, mm-hmm. and you you meet the character who's um, voiced by Graham Norton, who is this. He's this guy who's like spinning a sign in New York City corner, yeah, yeah. but when he's in his element, he's able to transcend into this mm-hmm. the soul world or whatever right. this other dimension <clears throat> and so he's able to exist kind of between both and the thing that got me was seeing the lost souls 
mm -hmm. who become these like monolithic figures that just kind of roam aimlessly around and that they kind of talked about the person who's kind of just going through the rhythms of their day without much thought. Mm -hmm. And so they had the guy who was like kind of at his computer, just like hitting one key at a time. Yeah. And he's just like, he looks like a zombie. Right. Because in his soul that we see kind of that he's attached to in the soul world mm -hmm. is this zombie. And so that right. their goal is these like this ship is to awaken these souls. And the, and the guy kind of wakes up and goes, I'm out of here. And he's done. But the thing that I thought was so interesting is that even when you, the, those who find their fulfillment and their spark in life, they can easily slip into the same lost soul state, mm -hmm. you know, be, because they have just gotten comfortable and they've, they've kind of fell into this rhythm even in regards to that. And I feel like that kind of hit me, mm -hmm. you know, even just as a, as a minister, as a pastor, you know, I think we have, again, I think you, you've kind of hit on it. And I'm similarly, like you find your purpose and you find what you're supposed to do. And you kind of have this idea of what it means for you to make it, you know, we put that in quotations, but then once you kind of get there, it's easy for you to kind of just go with the pattern and the fire that kind of originally brought you there or kind of just like you, you kind of go into that same kind of mode, mm -hmm. which I found extremely compelling to see that on the screen, but also extremely sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, if I'm remembering it right, they said the people that are in the zone that are kind of, you know, in their element, it's right. either they're playing an instrument or they're doing ballet or they're ice skating or whatever, spinning a sign, they can easily swing into that lost soul state because they become so consumed by right. that being in the zone and by that thing that allows them to enter that space. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I definitely could relate when it came to being a physician and um one kind of example that really helped me uh, kind of relate to that part of the movie was bringing work home with me yeah. and constantly mulling over patients that I had seen that day and wondering, is there something else I could have done? Is there something I could have done better? Is there something that I missed? Is there something that I was wrong about? Um, super critical on yourself. And, and exactly. And beating myself up and then seeing how that bleeds into my relationship, for instance, with my wife, you know, there are definitely times when I've come home from work and she's telling me about her day and I am not listening to a word she's saying because mm -hmm. I am just so engrossed in my own thoughts and worrying Self, about yeah. what I did that day being so selfish and not saying, okay, work is work. I've done what I can. Right. I kind of have to leave it at the door sure. and I have to listen to her. She's my wife. I have to lead her well and, and love her well and put her before myself and everything. Um, and I failed multiple times doing that and, um, seeing how, um, in the movie, oh, I just lost my train of thought, but basically it's that concept of you can become so engrossed by your thing. And what I say, like treating patients really puts me in the zone. I don't, I don't think so, but the same idea that sure. the principle applies, you can become so consumed by this thing that you think you are trying to, and, and thinking that your ultimate purpose is in that you kind of just become lost and you, yeah, you know. I think similarly this a few years ago, I was talking to somebody and, you know, the job that I work in as a campus minister, um, 
the, 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 the group that I work with is called Campus Ambassadors. And I was sitting down and I was talking to somebody and I just kind of offhandedly said, I was like, yeah, Campus Ambassadors is my life. And this was obviously before I was married or even when I, before I was dating Jess. And I heard myself say that. And it was just like one of those things like you speak it into existence or whatnot, or you hear mm-hmm. yourself say it and you go, something about what I said is not right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it just, it hit my heart in such a way where I was like, you said it earlier, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean this is who you are. What you do isn't necessarily who you are, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I think even for spiritual leaders, we can, we can kind of separate the leadership that we bring and even counseling and leading and speaking to others as something um, as we equate that to even our own spiritual lives when it's really, it's different, you know, mm-hmm. first there's me and there's my relationship with God. And Oh my gosh, here we go. Like I didn't even realize we we're going to really go in this much of a deep <laughs> direction. And then here is what I do. Mm-hmm. And what I do is actually to help others in, in the, formation of their spiritual lives. Um, but that has let that doesn't necessarily have to be my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think after getting married, I'm I'm kind of getting that more and more because okay, now my first job is to be a husband. Right. You know, that's my yep. first role. Yep. Um, and I need to take care of myself in regards to my own spiritual well-being. But then here is my work over here. Right. And I now can't necessarily be a campus minister 24 hours of the, of the day. Right. You know, I have to be able to have margin and be able to separate, you know, my life with my wife from my life with my work. Yep. So anyway, going back to the movie again, (laughs) um, I think Pixar is so brilliant, even within their marketing Mm -hmm. where they start going into the next act of this movie. And it was a total surprise. And they could have marketed this movie around this whole notion. And I, I, I'm, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but they didn't. I didn't see anything in the advertisement of around this movie, the commercials or anything, the trailers that that showed us where what they were going to go to next, the big twist in the movie. Yeah. And yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of, um, I don't know if you remember the Disney movie, and again, or the Pixar movie, and again, it's directed by Pete Docter, I believe, or he wrote it. He, yeah, I think he might have wrote he wrote this one, but Brave. Do you remember Brave? So I do remember when it came out, but that we were looking through the movies the other day to pick one out and watch. And I said, I've never seen this one. I, I definitely want to watch it. So okay. I still got to get around to it. Then I'm going to hold the spoiler off for you okay. because there's a, there's a twist within the movie that they could have put within the marketing that they don't. And so when you hit it within the movie, you're like, Oh, this is really cool and exciting and different. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that's the, 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 um, that is surprising within this is that sign spinning, mantra guy i don't know you know yeah. kind of opens up the the barrier between these two worlds yep and joe is able to see his body his like lifeless comatose body basically mm-hmm. in the hospital room he goes there i am and he and he goes to jump down and 22 falls as yeah. well and what ends up happening is joe inhabits the body of the cat yep that was a um an emotional support animal yep, was basically yep, yep. and 22 takes the the possession of joe's body yeah and i was just like this is awesome yep and it's that's a great where, twist and that's where the movie really i think it's fun mm-hmm. you know yep how to walk in a human body you know 
I will. I just want to go back really quick because yes. I remembered when I said I lost my train of thought. I picked it back up again. Um, just to keep it brief, though, when when he's at the barber shop and he's talking with his barber and he said, um, "What? Well, no, this is kind of actually this is, nice. This is one of the best story. scenes in the whole movie. Keep going. Yeah. So when uh, twenty two in Joe's body is having a full on conversation with the barber, um, and then she ends up kind of just talking about, you know, her whole take on everything she's been through. Everyone kind of zeroes in and listens to her. Um, and they kind of head out. And basically the barber says, you never talked to me about anything other than jazz. Like, this was amazing. I love this. Yeah. Um, you Grant, asked me about my life. Right, right. You wanted to know more about me. That's how he learns that you wanted to be a veterinarian. And, you know, his time in the service and stuff like that. I thought that was beautiful. And it, and it break, kind of came back to me, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, when I come home from work my, you know, fleshly, carnal, selfish nature wants to just, I want to vent everything that happened for my day. And I just want to get it off my chest. But it's like, you know what? It's not about me. It's about right. my wife. I want to hear about her. I want to hear about her day. I want her to talk to me. And I, but I can quickly end up making so much about me. And it kind of right. relates back to that idea of like, you get in your zone, but then you can become lost because you're, you're so engrossed and wrapped up in yourself. And I think, I, I love this scene as well as one as one of my favorite scenes too because there it was speaking to me on a whole nother level too, and it's it's where, um, the question is asked when you find out that his barber goes, yeah I want him to be a vet, you know I want him to take care of animals or whatever and mm -hmm. and goes oh you must be very disappointed then that you're sitting here cutting hair mm -hmm. and that's when you kind of get the first kind of notion that no, I'm not disappointed because what I'm doing is important. Mm -hmm. and what I'm doing is good. Mm -hmm. I'm providing a service and I'm doing something that is worthwhile. It may not be necessarily what I thought I wanted to do with the rest right. of my life when I was younger, right. but it doesn't mean it's, it doesn't have its, its important good qualities. Mm -hmm. And I think we're so preoccupied in times in life where we're so concerned about getting it right that we forget that whether something is good. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was, um, after I first proposed to Jess, I was talking to somebody who was newly married and I was going under this little panic, even within my own mind where I'm just like, I don't know if this happened with you. I'm like, did I get it right? Did I choose the right person? You know what I mean? God, what a, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and the person reminded me, he said, you know what I did? I had the same kind of feeling, but I realized like I had to stop asking myself if, marrying my wife's wife was a right thing or whether or not marrying my wife was a good thing. Mm. And when we, when we are able to structure it in a way of it being good and we can bring value and we can honor the other person and we can, and it's not about us. Mm. We can, we can find, I keep going back to the word good, mm. tremendous good in the world, tremendous good to your, to somebody you're going to say, I'm going to be with you for the rest of our lives. And that is good. Mm -hmm. You know? So anyway, that was, that was the thing that I loved in that. And I think we first to kind of get that notion, right. but just because you don't, you're not doing what you thought you would be doing does not mean this about you or this about you or this about you. Right. You know, you're so, a failure. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, so cool. So yep. good. And then we also see that, you know, cause he ripped his suit. He had to go and see his mom. And again, mm -hmm. it's, 22 in Joe's body and, and Joe is interacting with 22 in, in this cat body. Mm -hmm. And so you, you see this thing as, as 22 is interacting 
with Joe's mom for him. Right. Joe is like talking to 22 and he's saying things. And then the, the, you know, the mom is just kind of her disapproval or whatnot. And he says something kind of offhanded as a response to what something she said. And then 22 says it to his mom and you see the shock in his face. Like you just said everything that I've been wanting to say to her my whole life, but I've never been able to put it into words. Mm -hmm. And then you just took my exact words and you said it to her and she's hearing me like for the first time. Right. How often does that happen with us? Where we're like, mm-hmm. we, we want to say what, but we can't say exactly how we're feeling to the people in our lives. Cause we're worried about how they'll, we're worried about how they'll react or we're worried right. about how they'll receive it. Or even if like you're in the shower and you're thinking about, well, then I should have said this, or I'm going to say that, you know, whether it's a past conversation or mm-hmm. conversation you're anticipating, you never actually say those words that you think you're going to be able to articulate eventually, but you, I don't know. I just, I thought that was so interesting. Finally, you're able to say exactly what you've been wanting to say to your mother this whole time. Right. And then she finally hears him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really compelling as well. Right. And that's what brings about, right. Kind of that reconciliation yeah. or, or her understanding of where she, where he's at and yeah. what his motivation is and, she pulls out the suit, the old suit from, from his dad, um, and it turns into be like a pretty beautiful moment. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so good. So good. We got to that. Um, so this is also like in the, in the midst of this, 22 is getting a firsthand glimpse of what life really looks like. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of at two opposite ends of the spectrum, and they're moving towards each other. Yeah. In very interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, I love when and they, they call back to this. She goes, yeah, I just want to be able to just like walk and mm-hmm. be around people. And I also love, there's some good jokes in this movie as Pixar always does about like, about being hangry. Yeah. You know, and with the pizza, with yep, the pizza yep. and just being like, Oh, I feel so good. Why? I'm no longer mad. I'm no longer right. upset. You know, right. and I thought that was kind of cute, but yep. you know, she says, I just want to do this. And Joe says, that's not your spark. That's just living. That's just regular people. Stuff. That's just regular people stuff. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, but we, we miss out on those things all the time in order yep. for the things that we think are more important. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. And, um, I, uh, I'll never forget. Um, well, like, and what made me kind of think of this was the scene where the little, uh, helicopter yeah. seed pod is falling and he catches it in his hand. Um, well, 22 in Joe's body catches it. Yeah. In his hand. <laughs> um, when um, my mom, so, so there was a time when she was, she was, you know, diagnosed with ovarian cancer. She was going mm. through chemotherapy and surgery. And um, uh, it was about five years ago now, well, maybe six years ago when she was going through all that, but there was a chunk of time where my parents had sold their house. And in the interim, when they were looking for a new one, they were living with my grandparents. And I was mm-hmm. in college at the time, but I would go back. And visit them and my grandparents once in a while. And they had this nice front porch with this giant window that saw, you know, you overlooked the garden and there were some trees. And every morning you could once in a while, you know, catch a bird that would come and land on a tree. And I'll never forget there was one morning my mom said, every time, you know, you hear a bird or a little chirp or something, just take a second to appreciate it. Listen to it. Yeah. Relax. Wow. And appreciate the little things like that. Like take she and she said, like, it took me getting cancer and having to go through chemotherapy to sit and like realize I need to take time 
to like listen to a bird chirp or listen to a breeze, like, you know, brush some tree leaves against the window and like, don't like miss the little things and enjoy it. Like life's busy, but take time to just relax and take in what's going on around you. And I've never forgotten that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's beautiful. Oh, man, Pixar, look what you're doing to us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something happens where we're 20, they're 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 trying to get back up into the soul world ultimately. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and with this, Joe is wanting to get back to his body, obviously, but they have to go back up to the soul ro- world for Joe to be able to drop back down and be able to get into his real body. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that takes interacting with the sign spinning guy in the real world. Um but then 22 decides that she doesn't want to do it. You know, she's scared, you know, right. Or like she wants to stay in this, in this world and right. she's finding the true meaning of life, which is kind of in the, it's in between the lines mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, and so she's trying to ditch out on Joe a little bit. And yeah. then that's where the character of Terry, who um, what's interesting about this movie though, is there's no antagonist. Right. There's no villain in this movie. I mean, I think Terry might be the closest one. Yep. But still, even then, it's not evil. It's not like he's trying. There's there's no, like, devil in this movie. You know what I mean? It's like the afterlife. It's it's really just the enemy is our our beliefs about what life is about. Yeah. It's just so interesting. And sticking to the rules. And sticking to the, oh, he died. He was supposed to go to the great beyond has to be this way. Yeah. I've got to find the lost soul. You know, I think about the te- tediousness of working through every little file like that, yeah. like where it shows it and then just goes to a and just goes like, Oh my gosh. But I mean, she went all the way to G Gardner yeah. was his last name. Yeah. You know, um, but that's, that's like it was eternity. But other than the fact that you can go do that. Right. Time. Right. Man. Yeah. So, <clears throat> this is where actually um, he kind of he he's selfish in that he doesn't really honor twenty two, mm-hmm. you know, and and twenty two is just like I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm a failure in life, you know, having this another existential kind of another existential crisis, right? Right. And Joe is like, here I go, I'm taking my opportunity and I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's back in his body. He's alive again. Yeah. And this is where it's the most, I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. So, so my favorite scene was after the gig and you get to see, you know, you got to see them play a lot multiple different pieces as part of this, this jazz gig. And, and finally he's made it. Finally, he has reached his, his goal. And what he has been most excited about, and he's standing on the curb after the gig, and his and his mom talks about how 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 proud she is of him, and and he's sitting there next to um, Angela Bassett's character, and he says, "Okay, so so what happens next?" And she goes, "We we show up again tomorrow, and we do it again." Mm-hmm. And he, you could see it on his face, almost a sense of disappointment. He's kind of like, "Oh." I guess I was just expecting something different. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing this notion a while back, like how sad it is 
for you to, it's almost sadder to receive everything you've always wanted and everything you have shot for to find that it doesn't satisfy your, your heart, your spirit, your mind, your soul, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. like you thought it would. Yeah. Because there's almost a loss of yourself there. And you just, you put so much of your identity behind what you do and what it must feel like to, to finally achieve and get to that point. But then for Joe, he's like, I was, I was expecting a different kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's so true to what it's like actually in life. Yep. You know, I love that scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I thought they, um, you know, summed it up beautifully. And I, I was curious too, because that's one thing we do when we, when my wife and I watch movies and Amanda and I watch movies. Um, we always try to predict like, okay, what's going to happen? How's it going to end? What's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? Um, and I was almost like, you know, for a little while, I was like, I, what, I, what if there's a substitutionary aspect and he never gets to go back to his body and he never gets to play the gig right. and it ends that way and he's content and he learns to be, um, you know, hey, I, I did my part. I helped um, enlighten and, and, and help this lost soul or right. 22, you know, find what she had always been looking for. But that's not I, when, when he actually got back in his body. I was like, oh, so this is actually going to happen. And then yeah. and he played. I was like, man, they they brilliantly summed it up. And, and that's, they constructed the story in such a great way. Yep. 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 Yeah. And and that's um, when he has that realization. You know, there's there's other things within this movie that we can really touch on like we can that are huge like when 22 is in his body and she's interacting with his his one student in the hallway at his apartment yep connie the trombone player yeah there, there's so many things within this movie that i'm like i watched it i'm like i can't wait to watch this again because mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot missed within this story that i i just need to catch yeah i need to i need to see it again and hear the lines again mm-hmm. um and i'm excited to do so I'm yeah. so excited to do so because this movie, I think, was just so phenomenal. And then, so what ends up happening is he goes and he finds 22, became a lost soul. Yep. Um, basically, just repeating over herself over and over again, I failed, I failed, I failed, yep. I failed. Yep. And and he's able to break through to her, mm-hmm. you know, with the thing like the helicopter yep. um, thing. And um, with the, I think that was another good moment was when he sat down and he started playing music to the stuff that he put out in front of him, which was like half that bagel, mm-hmm. the little spinny the thing, the, the thread. The yeah. The lollipop from the barbershop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was able to even kind of write music to that. Yep. Which I thought was like beautiful yeah. because it, it brought his passion, but then it also brought meaning to it as well. Mm-hmm. Right. He took the the books, the music books and the, the actual sheet music off of the, stand on the piano the upright piano and just put the stuff out in front of him yeah let that kind of guide him through the music and it was interesting too the way they depicted you know when she was in her lost soul like monsterish kind of state and he kind of gets sucked into that like black sand and um he's navigating it trying to find her and there's all these giants like giant representations of yeah. the, the people with all the things that they've said and all the things that they've said that she's just repeating over herself and how you know, relatable as that, you know, um, a positive word, you know, something encouraging can really lift you up, yeah. but something negative, like I can remember negative things people said about me oh my gosh. in high school or like something, a, a close 
loved one said about me, you know, five, six years ago that I will never forget negative things can, can really stick. What is it like, like it takes out like what a, uh, 20 positive things or 50 positive things being said to you to right. equate to one negative thing that right. would just really stick with you. Yeah. And script, I mean, scriptures talks about the, the, how powerful a weapon the tongue is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you, you kind of touched on it where we are, our expectation on how the movie was going to end. And I'm, I'm, I'm more built this way where like I watched it with Jess and she's like, I'm not going to like the movie if it ends this way. When, He's, he's basically on the escalator again, mm-hmm. heading to the great beyond. And he has this, you know, he now has this revelation in regards to life. And <clears throat> I was expecting the movie to end with him just going to the great beyond. Yep. But having a better understanding of what fulfillment is. Yep. Better understanding of, of what life means. And he's, he's given a second chance and he's pulled out from that by the Jerry's. Mm-hmm. And he's allowed to go and be a, be living again. Right. And and I I I, I appreciate that ending though because you know the, the question came of like what are you gonna do now though? Yep. And he said, I'm just gonna I'm gonna live. Yep. I'm gonna live. Yeah. Which has such a deeper connotation than just existing. Right. To live and just comparatively to exist. Right. Oh, yeah. Man. And it, it, that again goes against that like you know, okay, well, he died. He's supposed to go to the great beyond now. He did his thing. The Jerry's, they have their rules. They have their reality that they govern and the reality adheres to their rules. And so, but then they're like, oh, well, you know, we really find ourselves being inspired. So we're going to break the kind of mold and then break the typical pattern of things for you, for your mm-hmm. sake. And it's like, wait, you can do that? Oh, okay. Right. I, yeah. I was really surprised, um, but it was, yeah, I thought the way they ended it was, was great. Yeah. I, I, I was the ending I was expecting, which I thought would have been good. It was better than what I expected because of that last line, especially because I think we, I think it's more important message to us while we're here, while we're alive to walk away with and say, yeah, I'm going to go and live. Mm-hmm. we can't necessarily have that catharsis after the fact. Right. You know what I mean? Cause like we obviously will not be given that second chance. Right. You know, so it's, um, we are now after experiencing what Joe experienced in this movie are in the same spot that he is in as he leaves the movie and it's on his face. And he says, I'm going to go and live. Mm-hmm. And you see him on his, like basically his front doorstep with the whole world in front of him. Yep. Yeah, we'll yeah. just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Okay, so um, that was like counseling, you know? <laughs> I know, Honestly, right? as we were talking. Deep stuff. And, and listeners, I hope you really appreciate that conversation because we just got real here mm-hmm. for about an hour just talking about this movie. And um, let me ask you, man, if, if you were to give this a, a star rating, what would you give it? It can be, or not even a star rating. Pick your own thing. It can, I would say. He's like zero five. Yeah, but I would say I'm. I'm gonna go first. How about this? Okay. I'm gonna give this movie five out of five lollipops. There you go. Because it just, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It's yeah. probably one of my favorite movies of the year. I liked it so much more than Onward. Mm-hmm. I didn't think 
Pixar was going to be able to beat Onward, and yet it did um, on so many levels with this movie. Because it, it, it got me to be thinking about my own life mm. in such a unique way. And just to examine, especially I love that during the new year. Um, because new year is such a, a great time to be able to assess yourself and take stock of what your life has been in the last year. And also to look forward in, in regards to what's next. And so for this movie to drop when it did, I think it's just, it's, it's bringing me to a state of just re-examination and understanding myself again and, and with prayerful consideration, you know, mm -hmm. to process these things with God. And um, I love this movie for doing that, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think just, it just impacted me on a, on a real compelling level. Mm -hmm. So five out of five lollipops. What about you? <laughs> I guess I would just have to say four and a half <laughs> out of five lollipops because there wasn't, I think maybe I'm blanking at the very end. There was maybe a little bit of a drum solo, maybe like a fill, but okay. I, were, it would have been nice if they had a nice, a nice like, Two and a half minute drum solo in there. That's, that's what I was kind of banking on. It. You had a fever and your only prescription was more drum solo. More drum solo. But okay. No, and, and to go back to what you said earlier, the way they animated his fingers, the way they animated the... the uh, uh, Even the, the drumming, drumming. The, the was, rhythm was yep. spot on yep. from what we saw on the screen. Yeah, that attention to detail is just something I love so much. Um, and Pixar will do that. Yep. They will go so far. Yep. So cool. All right, um, that's our review of Pixar's Soul. Um, listeners, if you haven't watched it yet, give it a watch. I can't wait to watch it again, just based upon how much I, I loved the first time watching it. Um, I thought the, the way they introduced it with the, the DreamWorks and the, it was the middle school band playing yeah. in the background. It was Disney. It was the, or the Disney. DreamWorks. Yeah. What do you think? This sorry. Is, this is a Disney podcast, sorry, sir. Sorry. <laughs> um that was brilliant though yeah the uh just the uh, uh it was when you wish upon a star yep yep and how like it was so like they were just out of tune and offbeat and oh, oh it was hilarious it was the last time you went to a middle school concert oh my god probably when i was in one yeah <laughs> yeah me too yep definitely man i loved it this movie was phenomenal um listeners we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, um, you're going to be able to hear us talk about the recent investors meeting and break down a bunch of the news that we heard um, just a couple weeks ago um, as we go into 2021. Um, and then obviously at the very end of the episode, I'll let you guys know what we'll be doing for next week's episode for Extreming Disney. So stay tuned. All right, listeners, and we're back. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. And I still have Ben here. He's he's agreed to sit, continue to sit down with me as we kind of talk a little bit about the the recent investors meeting that came out um, that Disney did. It was man, they again four hours worth of announcements, um, which is almost kind of similar to like the Disney or not the Disney the DC Fandom event that they did online, um, where they just announced after announcement after announcement they showed trailers they. They dropped new news about recent things that are coming up, and and a lot of it had to do with Disney Plus. And there's a lot that we can talk about. Where we're going to focus primarily on the announcements they made for Disney Plus. Okay, so Ben, do you know of any of these? You probably know of some, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. A lot of the more like um, 
Star Wars series like Ahsoka and sure. uh, Bad Batch, uh, what was the other one? Acolyte, Obi Wan, like a lot of those um, sure. Star Wars universe series. Which we've covered a little bit as we've been talking about the Mandalorian, but I would be interested to get your take on a few of these things. But I, I what I want to do is I've broken this up into different categories mm -hmm. in announcements. And so I'm just going to hit you with a bunch of them. And um, you let me know what you think is the most interesting from the list. Sound good? Okay. Okay. So the first one we're going to do is we're going to talk about Disney live action series that have been announced. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to get to Star Wars. We're going to get to the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. But first, let's talk about Disney live action series. Here we go. They um, debuted the name of the Beauty and the Beast prequel series that will be starring Josh Gad and Luke Evans. The series will be called Little Town. Um, they also announced a new series of Swiss Family Robinson, which was an, um, announced in that the showrunners are going to be Ron Moore and Joe M. Chu, or John M. Chu. We heard them mention again that Disney is working on a series for Percy, uh, Percy Jackson. And we also got mention again of that a Turner and Hooch series is in development. We saw a trailer for the reboot series of The Mighty Ducks, which will be a show, um, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, starring Emilio Estevez, um, reprising his role from the, the movie series that he was in, and Lauren Graham, who you might recognize from Gilmore Girls. We saw a trailer for the series called Big Shot, which starred John Stamos as he coaches a high school girls basketball team. And we also got a look at a series based upon a book or a book series called The Mysterious Benedict Society. And it stars Tony Hale from Arrested Development and Christian Shaw from Bob's Burgers. Um, we also got animated series announced for Disney+. Plus. Um, I'll just hit these right now. We got um, – these are all based on animated properties. We have a Baymax series that's going to be coming out. We have a Zootopia series that will be coming out. We have a Tiana series from, you know, Princess and the Frog will be coming out. A Moana series that will be coming out. And a series called Awaju. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it's I-W-A-J-U. Um, and it's Disney is teaming up with African comic company Kungali. Um, and it's kind of a, like an almost, it's an African tribal technological advanced society similar to like wakanda it yeah. looks like but it looks very interesting and it's cool because this company said they wanted to compete with disney and come out with some great products and then disney said hey we see what we're doing let's partner up and do something cool <laughs> nice so from that list that was um listed off as far as these series go what stands out to you what are you excited about anything oh uh, i i really did like the live remake um, live action um, remake of the Beauty and the Beast mm -hmm. um, with Luke Evans and um, Josh Gad and, and Emma, Watson. Emma Watson. That's right. Um, and just the uh, I think Ida McKellen yep. too um, was the, uh, the clock. The clock. Yeah, yeah, it was a Wadsworth line. Clock's been yeah. so long, but um, so I think and I love Luke. Luke Evans was I thought he was great as uh, um, Gaston. And Gaston, but in the Hobbit, the the Peter Jackson. Oh makes, yes, yes. Bard the Bowman. I do not um, like the Hobbit movies at all. I, I, they're they're nothing to me. They're nothing close to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But I, I enjoyed them. But okay. I thought Luke Evans was great. So I think that 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 sounds like it'll be it'll be neat. Um, and uh, all those series actually that you hit on the like Baymax, 
Um, Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. Um, what was the other one you mentioned? Um, Zootopia, Zootopia, Moana. Moana. And it's neat because um, what is my, my niece, who's three, um, and um, her um, younger brother, my, my nephew's one. I've been able to visit them a handful of times in the last you know couple of years. Um, and my niece, who's three, is super into you know the scores from all those movies. Oh, and the music. The music. You'll go to their house. You'll throw on you know Into the Unknown from Frozen Two, or you know the theme from Moana, and she'll just run around the living room dancing. That's um, so cute. And so to see like just her light up, whether it's on the TV or just the music um, from the movie, is great. But I always think it's neat when there's like uh, uh, I mean like the Mandalorian, right? Star Wars. It's it's uh, there's there's these big movies, these you know blockbuster hits that are in theaters. And then now we have a series where there's multiple episodes. We can learn about more about the characters in that universe or the species or the peoples of that universe. I think it's neat whenever there's sort of like an extra level mm-hmm. of things. Um, yeah. So these animated series um, kind of going more off of that world of Moana, the world of Baymax, the world of Tiana. Um, I think that'll be neat. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to see this totally unrelated, but the, the Amazon, I think, Lord of the Rings series. I don't know. We'll see what that's like. Curious to see how it's going to go. So, from this list of what I've read off, um, the things that the two things I'm really excited about is the Mighty Duck series because mm. I remember watching those movies when I was a kid and loving them. And then just recently, I think in the last couple of weeks, I I rewatched the Mighty Ducks for the first time in probably 15 years, mm. and it got me re excited for this show. Yeah, and I'm just like, yes, I can't wait to see this again. And Emilio Estevez reprising his role as Bombay, you know, coaching the Mighty Ducks. Super stoked for that. But the thing that got my attention the most from this list, I was I was hit, like, just sideswiped. And I was totally blown away by this. They are making a Swiss Family Robinson series. Um, probably in my top five of Disney movies across the board. Swiss Family Robinson is my favorite live action movie mm. from Disney. Um, and I cannot believe they're making this into a series. Mm-hmm. That surprised me. I was not expecting that. And that has me so exciting to see what that's going to be. Yeah. Um, and it's like classic Disney. You know, you probably don't know um, um, Kevin Cochran and, and Tommy Kirk you know, as, as, as they're in the, that movie, if you haven't watched it, it's on Disney plus folks, such a great movie. Check it out. Um, have you seen it? Mm-mm, I have not. So good. So good. I, it's a childhood favorite for me. Um, and I'm super excited to hear, see what this series looks like. I hope it's not disappointing. Cause then I will be really sad, but then again, I could always go back and watch the movie <laughs> that I grew up loving. Okay, let's let's get on to the next category. Um, Disney Plus movies. Okay. First they announced and they said that Raya and the Last Dragon, which is the upcoming Disney animated film, will be coming out both in theaters and on Disney Plus at the same time, but it will be similar to how it was with Mulan, mm-hmm. where if you want to watch it on Disney Plus, you have to pay $30 to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went on to mention, yes, Hocus Pocus 2 will be coming out, um, which has been in development. They re-mentioned again the reboot of Three Men and a Baby movie starring Zac Efron, which will be a reboot. 
Um, and they also talked about rebooting a um, Cheaper by the Dozen. Mm. They'll be doing a new movie for that. And they announced a third movie in the Sister Act franchise starring Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. Um, they also talked about movies that are in development, which would be exclusively Disney+. Plus. This includes Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Nice. Um, Geppetto, which will star Tom Hanks, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Um, Peter Pan and Wendy. And a sequel movie to the movie, uh, a sequel to the movie Enchanted, starring Amy Adams, called Disenchanted. Huh. Um, they also announced animated movies that will be exclusively to Disney Plus, including an animated Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie, a new Ice Age movie, which falls under the 20th Century Fox um, area now that Disney owns, and a Night at the Museum animated movie. Mm. Anything from here? Strike your interest? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them do. But I think, interesting enough, this past Halloween, I saw Hocus Pocus for the first time. Oh, jeez. Um, I loved it. Okay. It was great. So many, like, classic Disney Channel movies, right, um, that I had, you know, seen back in the day. But that was one that I just, I guess, never got around to watching. But, yeah, sorry. There's a drive-in movie, the- drive-in movie theater near where we live in Auburn, New York, and they were doing like a Halloween special. It was sure. like the weekend before Halloween, so we went with a couple of good friends. Um, you know, camped out kind of in the back of a big pickup truck and watched Hocus Pocus. You know, Bette Midler was phenomenal. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. It was cool. a great movie. Some elements of like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, for that. sure. But uh, yeah, that sounds like it'd be a pretty good one. Yeah, Hocus Pocus too. Yeah, there's definitely stuff in here that I find is interesting. I don't know if anybody was really asking for another Sister Act movie. Um, and I don't know who was really looking for a live-action Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie, but I'm interested. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, I mean, Geppetto starring Tom Hanks. Yeah. Cannot wait for that. It's basically a Pinocchio movie, but Tom Hanks is going to play the ultimate dad being Geppetto, mm-hmm. which he's like, he is America's dad. You know, so to have him... Play Geppetto is going to be, I think it's going to be wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. Let's get to Lucasfilm and the Star Wars corner, but it's not only Star Wars worth talking about here. Here are the announcements we got. <clears throat> we got news that the Obi-Wan series, Hayden Christensen will be returning to Star Wars mm-hmm. and he'll be playing Darth Vader, mm-hmm. which was an interesting announcement. We got an official announcement for the series of Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic. Um, We got a trailer for The Bad Batch, a series that will be spinning out from the last season of The Clone Wars. Um, Sorry, somehow my phone picked that up. Um, We got a title for the Cassian Andor series that's coming out called simply Andor, um, spinning out of the Rogue One movie. And we got... Title announcements of The Acolyte, which will be focusing on on events prior to the prequels centering on the Sith, which I think is super interesting. Uh, A series on Lando, um, something called Star Wars Visions, and then a short series, uh, a series of shorts called A Droid Story. And then also, and this is not Star Wars, but it is Lucas filmed, we got official news for the series that follows the 1980s film willow um will be coming out which will um will have warwick davis reprise the title character of willow for this movie which i think is 
awesome and totally exciting and probably got lost in the mix there mm -hmm. with all the Star Wars news that we got. So what has you the most interested here from the, the corner of Star Wars and Lucasfilm? Definitely the first thing you mentioned. Um, you know, with Hayden, Hayden Christensen coming back as Vader, um, Obi-Wan series, I loved Revenge of the Sith. Um, I watched it multiple times. Um, I think even a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff on, on, on the internet that you can see about, you know, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen talking about their relationship throughout the movies, especially in that third one. Um, I'm excited to see what they do, you know, and I think there was, I can't remember if it was something I was reading or something I was watching, but they are saying they're really excited to work together again. Um, so it'll be neat to kind of see their chemistry on the screen again and um, reprising those roles. I, I just, I loved it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested by this announcement. I think it was rumored for a little while that Hayden Christensen was going to come back, you know, come in to Star Wars again. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not what I was expecting. I thought they would announce that he would be Anakin and they would like work in flashbacks. So the series that's on Obi-Wan is going to be while well, he's on Tatooine and that in between time between episode three and episode four. Yep. Um, so I was expecting him like, his role would be kind of in flashbacks right. to when, you know, Anakin was Anakin and not Darth Vader, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but for them to announce that he's going to be playing Darth Vader, I thought was interesting and unexpected. And I'm so, I'm interested to see how, where the show goes with that. Right. Um, I would almost rather see him in flashbacks because there's a lot with the prequels that does not work for me. And hating Christensen is one of them. I'm sad to say it. I think he's a great actor and other things that I've seen him in, but there is something when I watch episode two and episode three, I don't believe that he is Darth Vader. There's a detachment. I feel like I, I don't believe it's the same person, mm. you know, not in the sense of like, well, of course, you know, because it's a whole different persona within him within the dark side. I'm not even saying that I'm saying, I don't believe the, the transformation. And something I want to do is I want to buy into it. I want to believe it. And I, and I want to see his character be handled in flashbacks to maybe make it work more. Mm. Um, for me, actually, you know what has really helped in believing that transition from Anakin to Darth Vader has been the Clone Wars series. Mm. And I've said this before on the podcast. I've liked that series a lot because it actually has made the prequels better. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and it's, uh, I think the Clone War series is the best thing that's ever come out of the prequels. Mm. Um, so I'm just I'm interested and I'm intrigued in that. Is there anything else that has your interest kind of peaked from these announcements around Lucasfilm? Uh, I mean, all of it. I think yeah. it's, it's all going to be worth checking out. I mean, is there anything though, that we're not going to watch? You right, know, right. I'm curious to see though if, if with with him as Vader, do they show more of him? In the back to tank, do they show more of him without the helmet on? Do they show more of him in his own time? We'll see. I don't know. Curious. No idea. Um, and also, I think it's worth mentioning, I am actually really excited for a Willow series. I think that movie was great. Have you ever watched Willow? No. Oh, dude. So you know who Warwick Davis is, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think he's play, he played Wicket in Return of the Jedi. Um, and he plays, he's a, he's a little person, um, and he's a, probably one of the most renowned little people actors that is still, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's working um, apart from like Peter Dinklage. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I'm just so excited to go back into this fantasy world. If you like if you like fantasy, check out Willow. Mm. It's a very endearing, fun movie, and it's out of Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. You know, George Lucas, I think, directed. Yeah, he directed this movie, and it's it's not Star Wars, but it's just it's something different, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So worth checking out. Nice. Um, let's move on to Pixar. Um, there was a lot of Pixar news that came out of the Investors Day, um, but there wasn't as much regarding Disney+. Plus. There's a lot of stuff about theaters mm-hmm. and theatrical releases, but there were very little on Disney+. Plus. I mean, but then again, in this past year, we had both Onward and we had Soul drop exclusively or semi-exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But these are the announcements. We got a series announced called Win or Lose, which is telling a story um, of a volleyball game and an event leading up to a volleyball game, but it's told in each episode through different perspectives. Mm. So it's like a retelling of the story. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. If you want to talk more about that, Um, we'll also be seeing more episodes of the short series called inside Pixar. And they announced other new series called Pixar popcorn, which is a series of shorts um, through Pixar and their characters, Doug Days, which is spun off of the series of Up or the movie Up, mm. and then a new series for Disney Plus based upon the characters from Cars. Um, mm. That's all we got from um, from Pixar. Anything you're interested in? I thought Up was a great movie. Um, yeah, Doug was. He's the dog, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that that sounds interesting for sure. Yeah, and I I'm actually interested in this win or lose story i mean on paper you're like eh, is that really going to be interesting yeah. it's about a volleyball game yeah but yeah. leave it again to pixar to take something that would seem be seemingly boring or what and make it compelling yeah you know pixar will always get my attention yeah. at this point they've they've earned the right to break my heart and they earn the right to like basically get my eyes on whatever they do Unless it's something Cars. Probably the Cars series I am less interested in yeah. than anything else. Volleyball. I, mean, I was a big volleyball player in high school, so maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, shall we get to the MCU? Yeah, let's do it. The last big boy of the of the list. Um, okay, here are the announcements. We got a new series that was announced called Ironheart, which is based around the character Riri Williams, who is um, she is a young black female Iron Man character. Okay. We also got an announcement of a series of Secret Invasion, which will star Samuel L. Jackson playing Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn, his character from um, Captain Marvel, who is that scroll. And the series will focus on scroll imposters and kind of sussing them out as they have taken over different levels of, in, of intelligence and life on Earth. And then we'll also be getting a new series that they announced called Armor Wars which will feature Don Cheadle, his character of Rhodey, um, also known as War Machine. So a series centered around him. <clears throat> they also announced that um, Guardian, there will be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, and it will come out around the holiday season when Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be out in theaters. Mm. Um, they also mentioned that there will be a Groot series as well. Um, and I, I think they said it will be shorts. Like, so a series of shorts Mm -hmm. centered around group. 
We got trailers for um, the new WandaVision show, which will be coming out later in January. Trailer for Loki and a trailer for Falcon and Winter Soldier, as well as a trailer for the animated series, still within the world of MCU, of What If. Um, We also got the official announcement that Hailey Steinfeld will be playing the character of Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. This is kind of the female um, sidekick to um, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they also, Disney Plus, or Disney re-announced that um, the casting of Tatiana Maslany will be playing the character of She-Hulk for that series. And with that, too, we also got announcements that Mark Ruffalo, who plays the Hulk, will be a part of that show, mm-hmm. as well as Eli Roth will be reprising his role as from the being the villain from the Incredible Hulk movie back in 2008, or maybe it was 2009. Um, yeah, with Edward Norton. Oh, He'll be wow. reprising that role of Abomination. Abomination yeah. So Eli Roth will be in that. And then they also mentioned that they're still working on, even though they had nothing really to announce about the show Moon Knight. <clears throat> so what has you peaked? What has your interest peaked here? Man, it's hard to pick. There's so much. Um, hmm. I mean, I love, the, especially the first Guardians movie. The second, not so much. Um, but um, looking forward to the third one. You know, Groot was a great character. Um, honestly, Armor War sounds pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I loved... Um, you know, Iron Man and War Machine. Um, I can't remember the exact cartoon growing up, um, but I just remember, you know, watching him, you know, watching the two of them um, as cartoon characters growing up. I thought that was really, you know, the big, you know, yeah. turret on his shoulder and all that. I thought when they brought him into the live cinematic universe um, uh, with, was it Iron Man 2? Yeah. Right? It was the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Wow. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, and um, I think there's some really interesting stuff in here. I think it's interesting that they reannounced Tatiana Maslany. It got announced online maybe five months ago, and then she came out and said, I never signed on to this. This is not true. I haven't heard anything from Disney. And it's just like, oh, that's a weird thing. And then somehow they got her back on. So I don't yeah. I don't know what happened in between then yeah. and those events, but um, I she's from the show Orphan Black. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't seen it either, but it seems to be um, – it requires a lot of range as she's playing multiple characters, kind of like a multiple personality thing from what okay. I understand. So she has a, she's in a cal- high caliber of an actress that I think, cool, let's get her on to play She-Hulk, you know? Yeah, I saw a lot – not a ton, but a couple posts here and there, people wanting – Gina Carano – Oh, yeah. To, to play. They were like, oh, she'd be great as She-Hulk uh, for uh, the – like Cara Dune, right? Mandalorian. I was like, oh, I could see that. She's gonna be way too busy having her own series on Disney Plus as Cara Dune, which That's I think true. is the Rangers of the New Republic. Is right. my right. is my guess. Um, yeah, and I I was so glad to see new trailers for Loki and Wandavision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yep. Um, have you seen those trailers? I haven't. Okay. Owen Wilson is gonna be in the Loki series. Ah, nice. So I'm just excited to see him. Uh-huh. in the MCU. Like, Owen Wilson, how crazy is that? Yeah. You know? Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm stoked. Um, and then I think it's very interesting, too, that they're making a Secret Invasion series. 
you know, after everything that we've got with um, Thanos and, you know, what has been the MCU thus far through phases one, two, and three, people were in, anticipating that the whole next thing that they're going to be focusing on is Secret Invasion after Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame. So there's a lot of speculation that this is what they were going to head to next in the MCU. Yeah. And for them to announce and go, oh, yeah, we're also having a series called Secret Invasion with Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury as the main role. It's going to be pretty cool. And then they just kept going. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's huge news because yeah. everybody was anticipating this story to be told at some point. And here it is going to be a series. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of stuff that they're promising and they're telling us that we're going to get that is Star Wars, MCU, Disney is insane Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely just astounding ben thank you for coming on dude thanks for having me is there anything anything you want the listeners to know anything you want to plug (laughs) if you haven't watched the mandalorian start it if you haven't finished it finish it that's all i have to say good good stuff all right well we're losing steam and thank you guys for tuning in and i'll see you next time on extreming disney bye-bye All right, extremers, let me tell you about what's going to be happening for next week's episode. I'm going to be able to invite on a good friend of mine, Dave Butler, and we're going to be able to talk about movies from 2020. That's right. We're not going to really be able to put 2020 completely behind us, even though it's going to be 2021 when the episode premieres. We are going to be breaking down each of our top 10 lists of all the movies that came out. Um, and that honestly, the, the reality is, is a lot of those movies are probably on streaming and they're not necessarily movies that we caught in theaters because, well, theaters shut down for, for most of the year last year. So you're going to be still able to hear about Disney Plus movies, possibly, but also we're going to be able to branch out a little bit and talk about maybe a couple that came out in theaters at, at some point or talk about a movie that came out on Hulu or Netflix or Amazon Prime. So I'm really excited. We're going to kind of take a break from only Disney Plus content. And for you listeners, you might hear about movies that you don't have any idea about. You've never heard about otherwise. So I'm excited about that um, to just take a break and talk about 2020 as a year. Um, And I promise you after that, we'll put 2020 behind us. I think we're all looking forward to that. Okay, guys, thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time on the show. Bye-bye.